0: Wasco people? Welcome to The Province Podcast, a series of shows focused
1: on music and creativity, brought to you by Province. I'm Mace. And I'm Eloise, and our guest this week is Manchester-based, Nigerian-born singer, rapper, and spoken word poet, Dami Sule. Yep, we spoke to the lovely Dami at the start of this year, 2021,
0: about his creative process, new music, and of course, Kanye West.
1: Yeah, if you're not familiar, Damasule's music is a skillful blend of electronics, Afrobeats and impressive lyricism. So if you haven't heard him before, you're in for a real treat. But enough from us, let's hear it from the man himself. Should we get into it? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for coming on, man. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Actually, it's quite different. You
0: are most welcome. Me and Eloise honestly were gassed to find out you'd be the first guest on this brand new podcast. What you been doing lately?
2: Um, I've been I've been working. So, like, um, I'm a nurse. So, I've like just been working basically. But um, I've been on nights. So, so yeah. Oh, that's oh, wow! Well, you
0: must be tired.
2: yeah i'm used to it now to be fair i'm used to the to the constant like change of days to night so it's not too bad not too bad and
1: have you been doing that throughout the whole entire year
2: yeah literally i've um i'm going into my third year now of working i've working as a nurse so yeah i've just been doing that constantly
1: so, oh, wow. have you found that you've had much time during lockdown to keep creative? Because obviously, you've had to juggle your time pretty well.
2: When it wasn't lockdown, well, when they reduced the lockdown last year, I got a bit of a time to like go to the studio, but I record most things at home anyway. So, like, I'll literally like record something before I go to work quickly, or yeah. after I come back from work, stuff like that. So it's a bit, it's a bit inconvenient, but yeah, I get a, a little bit of time here and there.
0: So how's that been for you? Like, you know, getting these tunes out, like yeah. has it kind of been a driving force that's made you do more?
2: To be honest, like, I don't feel like I've noticed much of a difference. I think I, I noticed a difference once we first entered lockdown for like the first time, because that's a new experience really. Um, And then I got coronavirus, so I was isolated for like two weeks. So that was an interesting experience. Oh no! Yeah, so I got it like the first time it all came came about since then I've literally just been working so like nothing has really changed in a way so I've uh-huh. just, just not really like ended my like creative process or it's helped. it's just been the same the same thing really
1: but do you feel like with so much more pressure now you know you have both your nurse job and the music do you think it it did sort of put it like in a pressure container that like you could get a bit more inspired or do you did you think no, this is just my usual, you know, I'm all, I'm already busy beforehand. This is just my same, same yeah. type of schedule.
2: Um, to be fair, I think, yeah, it's put more pressure on yeah, on both sides of it really. Cause right now it's like it's really stressful. There's a lot mm. of like demands at work and stuff. And like I've yeah. been thinking about like quitting and doing something different, really. Um, and it's put pressure on the music side as well, because I don't feel like I've probably like recorded much. As much as I would before, um, and it's put me put pressure on like thinking about releases because we can't really do any shows or um, perform or like promote songs in a in a in a way that is not online and it's always social. So it's a bit it's put pressure on that really and feel like um, you are going backwards rather than forwards in a way. So yeah, I'll, I'll say it's put pressure on both both aspects of my life really.
0: Yeah. But I mean, even so, you managed to release everything as a facade. Yeah. Um, so was that, so you released it in August, I believe, 2020. Yeah. So was that a conscious decision, like with regards to the pandemic? Like, did you think, oh, is this the right time to release this now? Should I wait a bit? Do people really want to hear this right now? Or did you kind of always have that plan, that specific date?
2: I think it was the perfect timing for me. like. Um, I even came up with the whole idea of the the um, title from just being in lockdown and seeing a lot of like what was going on and like just being on socials every day because we couldn't really do anything just been on Instagram and then yeah. the whole, all Black Lives Matter and the like, shootings and stuff like that were happening so I just thought like a lot of things were like a facade and yeah so I think yeah that really kind of made it like the perfect situation for me so I I wasn't intending of releasing an EP, but weirdly enough, I've always managed to release one every single year. And yeah, last (laughs) year was just like perfect perfect timing, really.
0: But we love that. I hope you carry on releasing EPs each year. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, you just mentioned the title and that really struck me because I completely relate with it, like just being stuck scrolling every day during lockdown, it kind of, you know, feeds into like the title track, Famous. Yeah. And it's so true. Like everyone is just looking to be recognized, looking for a status. You know, and it, it kind of feels like until then, do we feel like we really matter? Yeah. But then at the same time, when I listen to Famous, I feel like we're all striving to be this thing, but even this thing has a bit of fakeness to it.
2: Mm, mm. Literally, that's how I felt as well. Putting the context to it for me, it was more like, everyone's trying to be like an influencer and then um, you know when you like speak to different people about music and you try to get advice from like people in the music industry and a lot of them just say about like getting numbers and getting a social gathering and trying to be an influencer and trying to get a lot of things that for me is I'm not really too privy to and I'm not really like someone out there trying to like do you know what I mean like trying to be on socials and do all of that so I, I felt like me trying to be like that was me trying to be famous and really I haven't really tried pushing for that kind of um, lifestyle it was more just focusing on music and making good music and but, um, but as you go going in the process you realize that like nothing is really organic and like you can't just post a SoundCloud and it blows like it's, <laughs> it's not like that anymore so like you have to kind of push the machine for it to work in your direction so yeah I think you hit the, 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 the point on really there because I just felt like everything is everything is a facade really,
1: yeah. Do you have an image or like a version of success that you sort of want to strive to? You know, bearing in mind, you might have to sacrifice some of that social media yeah. uh, side of things. Do you have an idea of what you want to try and get to?
2: Um, mine is, I think mine is just really, really simple, really simple of like just, I think one thing is just basically doing the music full time and being, getting like, good amounts of money from it in a way that I just do that and concentrate on that and that's all I've ever thought about in terms of being successful really I've never even think about like like buying a house or cars or whatever I've just thought of just doing this that's my main job and then everything else will fall in line some way somehow um so yeah I think that's what success for me is is like making it even though I don't know what <laughs> making it is really but um yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the big question I think about that all the time as well like what is it yeah you know what I mean we're all saying like I want to make it but like I don't even know what it is half the time
2: yeah I like football a lot so like when I think about making like a footballer trying to make it big um they want to play in the Premier League and the biggest the biggest team and the best but in actual fact only like oh like one percent of people make it there so like when I think about music in the same way I try not to think about like targets on myself and make things harder for myself I try to think success can mean something different for myself I might still you know have to work and I might still be successful in a different way so it's yeah it's trying to make trying to understand what being successful is it's, it's a bit difficult like you said when mm. everything is on Instagram and everything is all flashy and lifestyle so it's, it's odd it's odd
0: I think that's a good way to look at it though like as long as you're doing something you love and that's in your life in some form, yeah.
2: then
1: I guess you're successful because you are you are still chasing your dream. Exactly, yeah. You're always developing and progressing. Like the footballer thing, you're not always going to stay, play the same position or do the same thing. You might have to grind and change how you do it. Sort of, I guess, how me Mace with thinking when we were looking through your music, the way that you seem to be so uh, adaptable at all these different genres, you know, you're able to flip between so many different type of music styles um is that ever a conscious decision like a conscious transformation
2: um I'm so glad you yeah. talked on it to be fair because I think at first it was more like experiment
1: experimental mm-hmm.
2: in terms of I kind of started doing spoken word and like just reading out my poems to like mm-hmm. semi-rapping to semi-electric to so I think I, I've been trying to find myself in different um voices and different sounds that I've come up to like last year I felt like I understood the things that I could do and the things that like you know I could the voices and the sounds that I could play with so now it's becoming a conscious decision of like I'm gonna make something Afro I'm gonna make something more poetic I'm gonna make something more R&B make something more jazz and I enjoy that part because I feel like it's all different parts of me and I can I can kind of express it to everyone else so like I'm glad you touched on it because like this year, I'm planning to release like, like a Afro kind of more upbeat type of music. So it's, um, yeah, I'm glad you, you said that actually.
1: <laughs> what kind of stuff can we expect from you this year?
2: Yeah, so this, well, the, I've kind of split this year in half, um, the way I'm going to like, pl- well, we're planning to release music. Um, so sort of for the first half, um, I'm going on a theme of like Afro and love that's the kind of two things it's going to be like in infusing each of the tracks that I released in the first half. So it's going to be more like Afrobeat vibes um, talking about love. And it's going to be a collaboration with um, Banks. So the, the guy that produced most of my music anyway. So um I think, yeah, so that's what we're planning to do. It's going to be like all singles, um, about five in total. And I think by the time this is out, it's there's gonna be a track out called Be My Lover. And um, so yeah, hopefully like um it lifts the people lifts people's mood up and, and stuff like that as well. So yeah, I've kind of split the year in two and then hopefully towards the end of the year, um, we can work on like a project or depending on how the year goes, I don't know if they're gonna be events this year or like concerts or stuff. So it's a bit difficult to kind of plan for stuff.
0: And how did you, like, arrive at these kind of themes? Like, how did you get from Everything is a Facade to where you're at musically now?
2: Um, I think if you listen to Everything is a Facade, um, there are five tracks in it, and all five of them were different sounds. So I think with that that project, I tried to show all sides of me um, on one project. Um, and hopefully, like, people understood, like, the whole message of it. So from there, I kind of took from um, the track Your Side and then um, beading up and that and putting doing more afro-centric and afro beat type of music. Um, so yeah, moving on from everything as a facade, that's how I've, we've chosen to, to do it for the next, next few
0: tracks. So going back to everything as a facade, like what did you go into it thinking, I wanna make this sound like a certain way? Or were you kind of just writing first and seeing? what style that goes,
2: that leads to? Well, everything's a facade. Um, what happened was like, like I said, I wasn't really planning to make an EP. We were just making mm. songs individually. But, um, so I work with a producer called um, Banks and he's like, he's very good at making different types of sounds anyway, but he's very good with like Afro and r type of sounds. So like when we worked together, like, I took from what was going on around lockdown and everything and um, those songs just happened to come about. And then I worked with someone else called Milo G from London and he had this electric type of like hip hop, old school type of sound. And I still put kind of my type of voice into it as well. If I'm trying to understand what I'm trying to say. But um, <laughs> so all these little songs just came about and they happen to like have the same um, context and have the same meaning about them, mm. I could put them together and um come up with a, the everything of offside EP. So I think yeah it was just a bit of luck but a bit of just um taking from what was going on around in a way.
1: It's interesting because beforehand you didn't really collaborate as much as the most you know the more recent things, especially 2020. Do yeah. you enjoy that process? Do you like having that other type of bouncing off someone else or do you yeah. prefer writing solo and then going and approaching someone?
2: I, I love collaborating. I think it's something like even me and my manager talk about of like trying to do more. I think the difficult thing is um trying to find the right collaborations. So yeah, I think I've just found it difficult to find the right person or, or artists. I tend to just collaborate with producers from like Amsterdam or London or people that I've never really met before. And I think it's a bit harder, especially when you're an independent artist, to co- collaborate with another artist. I think there's a lot of a lot of things that goes in between and it's just hard to get get the right place right time um so yeah i'd like collaboration is what i'd love to do more i think it helps you bring yourself to a new audience um like i worked with a guy Kim kai from manchester and abnormal sleeps and they have their own fans and they are people that listen to their music and it's nice to you know for them to listen to you and you, you kind of connect with new new people each time so that's something i like to do more often but Right now I think it's just it's just really difficult.
1: Yeah, no, limited society. But I I I loved just all Milo G.
2: I recorded that one when I had, um, I was positive for coronavirus. I was just like, but to be fair, when I when I did have the virus, I was like I was well to be fair. I just had like no taste. But um I remember just writing a lot, I was sponsoring a lot of like my Instagram posts and then Milo G followed me on Instagram, and then that's just Happened to happen that way. So um, yeah, lucky, lucky me, I guess. Is such an amazing producer, and I've still not met him in in person. So it's just weird.
0: It seems to often like be the case. Like a lot of fr- a lot of my friends who collaborated with people, they just have never met them. Yeah. And you can still make like such magic without meeting them. Definitely. Is it like a weird kind of feeling to think like this person's on my song, but I haven't even met the geezer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is because like like saying everything's a facade as well sometimes um how things look on the outside is never really how it is on the inside mm-hmm. so i feel like when people see that like me and my manager made a song they'll think oh yeah you know that guy like you're probably friends or something but it really isn't like we we just messaged over instagram and you sent me a track I recorded over it and you sent it back so that's it's a it's a different process like so perception is really a crazy thing i think but um it's it's really weird when you've not met them before. I worked with a guy from Amsterdam called um Timo and I eventually met him like a few months later and he's just totally a different type of person that I thought it would be. So it was really? like yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird. And when like we recorded together, it was it was like, oh wow, like we actually had a good vibe with each other, we could actually connect with each other as well. So it's crazy how it translates as well from online to like in person.
1: Different process, but I mean it's obviously worked quite well with you. It's mean,
0: just how like music can be a language in itself. That's how strong it is. Like if this if you just hear some beats from this guy and it speaks to you and your lyrics speak to him, then that's kind of like powerful in itself, isn't it? You don't need to really meet each other in some respects. I don't
2: yeah. know. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like it's it's music, it's so powerful. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's sometimes that it's just it's like, not like I'm an addict. <laughs> I just have to go record or listen to music. I, I listen to music every single day. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be able to function without listening to music. Not my music all the time, obviously, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, And no, I feel that, like, if I don't listen to music in a day, I feel so like, oh, what's going on?
2: Washing up the dishes or cleaning. If I don't listen to music, like nothing is getting cleaned. Exactly.
0: The- <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a bit about where you're from. So yeah. you grew up in Nigeria, I believe, then moved to Manchester when you were... How old were you when
2: you did that? Oh, um, I moved to Leeds originally. Um, how did you? I was 10, 9, 10 years old. Yeah, 6, whatever. Oh. Yeah, that's 10 years old, isn't it? Yeah, 6 years old when I, when I moved over. So I moved over to Leeds originally. Um, then I moved to Manchester for uni. And I've just stayed ever since really.
1: Do you think, like, being in Manchester has helped with your music, you know, compared to staying in Leeds or going elsewhere in the UK? Do you think Manchester offers something different or...?
2: Um, because, well, I started making music in Manchester. That's the weird thing about it. Like, um, I never thought I would make music. When I was in Leeds, I was so in just in a, like, caged environment where, like, all I really cared about was playing football and stuff. And then when I came out to Manchester, I was... I was more like reflective and expressive of myself. And then the music started. So I don't know if there's something in the water air, or something, but um I started making music here and I've ever since met people, I've met my manager, I've met um a lot of different people as well. So uh I think the city is definitely, definitely um growing musically, but um I can't I can't really say any specific points of Manchester that has I'll say has influenced me or that's helped me. That much to be fair.
0: Was there like a specific moment or person or just like an event that happened that made you think oh man like I need to be making music?
2: The way I've understood it to myself was um, when I was in college in Leeds I started writing poems and poetry. I started doing poetry and then my friend put me on to this great guy called G Radical and he had his first. You guys know Koji Radical, don't you? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
2: he had a video, and it was really like on the verge of like spoken word and music. And then watching his journey to like making it a bit like making more music, I could, I felt like that I could make that transition as well. I don't know. I felt like watching and studying a lot of Koji Radical had helped me and understand that um I could do it as well. So I feel like that's how I understood um my process since you going into music. Um
1: with that, because I'm and with Koji as well, he starts with the spoken words and the poetry type of angle. And you also sort of did that as well. But with that transition and people perhaps like label labeling you as one thing, you know, you're either a rapper or a poet or, you know, rap or your Afrobeats, do you all find that sort of restricts you? Or do you think actually there's some perk to having that being known as what you are
2: yeah um it's restricting when people ask like what type of music you make and you want to kind of say everything but you don't make metal I don't do metal so it's not really it's not like everything you, it's, it's just um so yeah it's restrictive when people ask you um and you can't really like define it because there's a lot of different things and it's also restricting when I would say like when I release like unless so, like an Afrobeat type of track half of the people will maybe like Love listening to my music. Probably don't like that, or they like the other things that I do. So I think it's quite the negative for me. Like, well, I won't say negative, but it's kind of a negative that I'm told sometimes that it's it kind of divides the like your listenership and like people that that, that support you, and it it kind it kind of like um, what's the word? Not distracts, but it it confuses people on, on like what type of artist I am. Because people want to know you as a rapper. Are you like, do you know what I mean? Do you, are you the Drake, are you the Kanye, are you a grime artist, are you this? It's, I think it's more difficult for the people outside to understand. So, yeah.
1: Do you distinguish much between spoken word and rap? Because to me, a lot of the lyricism in rap, hip hop, and grime is poetry. And I think in that way, they're virtually the same. Do you view that in the same way, or do you think there's an actual useful distinction?
2: I, I, I definitely don't distinct, distinct from anyone really like I would listen to Stomzy because I think lyrically Stomzy is amazing but I wouldn't say Stomzy is grime I just he's just saying a lot of words that I on, like I like, and his flow is nice or like Dave or like Wretch 3 2, or like Koji like I, I wouldn't say any of I wouldn't be able to categorise any of them into just rap or grime or this that I feel like it all interlicks and it all like Crosses over somewhere some form I don't I don't think Mm -hmm. there's a way of doing things anyway so
0: like what can be done about about people being so like protective over one sort one sound or one genre because as you say everything does overlap like
2: um I don't know you know I think like some of the old not not older people older generation like to know like what category you're in they, that's how you know like music was right. back in the day. so that's how they process things I think younger people now are more open to like new sounds like it's like with a trap and stuff like that like people are more open to hearing new things and and they understand it a bit more so for me like I don't think like anyone needs to do anything differently I think that's the beauty of music really you can choose to not listen to that person and choose to listen to that person so for me I think it's just um, crossing my fingers and hoping that that the people who are meant for me to listen to my music or follow my music are there for me because there's there's always enough people in the end of the day.
1: What I was just wondering is obviously you, know, you just said that you're producing music for anybody who wants to listen, who anybody who wants to come and enjoy your work. Yeah do you think at the moment it's more like UK based would you like more listeners from where you're, you know where you're born Nigeria or at the moment are you just thinking UK and then and then I'm going to take over the world eventually if, if that is in my cards
2: yeah like I always I always love the idea of like the people that are around you or the people in your city loving you the most than anyone else because like you live there and you like you make music there that's what you experience life so like for me it would be amazing like if I could get like a big Manchester following or, you know, like a big Leeds or whatever, just up north or England. Um, but I think the more I go into like the music industry and I try to understand the business of it, you start to understand that, you know, like music is universal and you can you can try target a different audience and try look at your stats on Spotify or whatever and see where people are listening to you from. And it's a bit of a weird one because like if people are listening in Australia, I don't know what i'm gonna do to get to, get to australia or get some <laughs> australian people listening so it's like it's, a, it's really difficult especially when you're independent and you're trying to figure out like the pathway um so yeah it's, it's, it's just you just have to like see what's planned for you at the end of the day if it's meant to be a big uk audience or a big american audience it is it is what it is
0: so what about like your nigerian heritage like do you yeah. are you influenced
2: why that? Yeah, like I listen to Afrobeat like three times a week. Like I'm always like listening to WizKids and the old Afrobeats mm. as well. And that's what I grew up on. Um, so like this year I'm <laughs> planning to kind of just trying to just show a bit more of the heritage in that in my music and you know, using my language a bit more and um mixing it and blending it in a weird way in a weird way as well. Um, I think I showed that one track in Everything is a Facade on um, your side. That was a, that was very Afro like inspired. So I think that's something I would like to show a bit more as well. So the next few tracks you guys are gonna yeah, it'll be you'll be more afro afrocentric, I say.
0: Do you ever feel like it's almost an obligation to showcase where you're from in your music? Do you, are you ever like split in between your two sort of like identities? Personally, so I, I come from a big Arabic family. Yeah. I was born and raised in England. So I'm like British in one sense. Yeah. But also, whenever I'm in like the Middle East, I have to like perform in the sort of Arabic way. Yeah. So I'm always feel like I'm not like stuck between two identities, but I definitely go from one to the other. Mm. Do you kind of feel the same? And do you feel like you have to bring a bit of that Nigerian essence into any of your music?
2: Yeah I, f- I feel like I have to bring it in all the time because I feel like that's, yeah. that's where I am um um like was, that's why I was born I re- raised in for 10 years as well so I feel like I have to show that all the time because mm-hmm. that's why that's why I, that's my lifestyle basically like when I when I get home my parents are Nigerian we speak yoruba and we eat Nigerian food I eat Nigerian like do you know what I mean so I have to that's where I am anyways I have no other side to it um so i feel the responsibility to always kind of champion that side of things um i think sometimes obviously some tracks might not even sound anything afro or anything african or anything but um i think it it comes down to my name to be fair i think that's just how i've settled it in my mind um because my first name is emmanuel but my middle name is dami larry so um when I was in Nigeria, they would always call me Dami. And I never knew what my first name was. Like, I used to just write Dami everywhere until, like, we were coming here and um, my parents showed me my passport and they said Emmanuel. I was like, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that was my first. I was traveling right. there. So, like, for me, Dami is always my identity, it's always the way to show me. So, like, regardless of whatever type of track I do, as long as it's by Dan Sule, it's, it's, it's me. So, yeah, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> I feel that. No, that's that's so interesting. Like, Danny is the way that you preserve where yeah. you're from in a, in a way. Um, but I think that's really important to preserve your name, especially if it carries the weight of where you're from. Hmm. Definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah. I think, like, there's a song in Nigeria um, it translates to, like, there's no place like home. And um, I think every day um things that happen around the world always it always like makes me feel like you know sometimes that that's where i'm meant to be and that's my home and do you know what i mean like um so yeah there's there's no other feeling like it really <laughs>
0: Do you ever get influenced by other artists or stuff that's going on around you in the writing process? Or is it more like literally what you've gone through, that's what you translate onto the piece of paper?
2: Um, I'll say it's a bit of both. I'll say it's a bit um, subconscious sometimes because, you know, when you listen to a lot of music, you, you don't know how, like, what's influenced you to sing that way or do that thing when you record eventually. So I'll say there's some subconscious value to it. Um, I think one time I was, we were recording something out, it just made me think of Goldlink. And I remember like I've been, I was listening to Goldlink a lot and you know I, I, I didn't like intentionally mean to do it, but I was like, maybe that's an influence and that's where it's come from. So yeah, um, subconsciously, I think it does happen. And then um, trying to put myself in the music, I think it's a lot easier with things that are more lyrically dominated um, when it's more upbeat and stuff i kind of just disconnect myself and write what i think sounds good and what maybe someone would like to listen to um so i there's two sides to that as well I, I try to um try to like put myself in the music where i think people can sit down and listen to it or if it's something that i want people to stand up and dance to it kind of detach the old, the old dummy to it as well yeah
0: so do you have like the audience in mind when you're making these this music quite a lot? Or is it more, uh, this is me?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just me to be fair. I think I'm, um, I feel like my manager would like, like for me to just stick to one, <laughs> one
0: thing. <laughs> no, but this is what it's all about. There's not really one answer, is there? Like, no,
2: it's, true. it's
0: such a versatile thing.
2: I th- I think yeah. um it's just like I said again it's perspective really like if you if like let's say if you guys were managing me and you know you're trying to promote me and put me in places it would confuse you if I I sent you a track Afro <laughs> one day and <laughs> next day spoken word and you're like what, what are we going to do with this so it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it's, it's difficult but I it's, it's something that I think I can't help really. I can't, I can't box myself in, and um, hopefully it works out for the best, really.
1: Also, I mean, there's no point in limiting yourself. If you're able to do all these different things, then why not? I mean, that's my opinion, at least.
2: I think it, it goes on to, like, the facade part of life in the music industry. Like, I don't know if you guys saw an article of a DJ getting... I don't know if he got fired um, from Capital for um, accepting payments to be played on the radio. I don't know if you guys oh
0: know. no I haven't heard that
2: no uh, um it, it was Stumsy okay. DJ, I forgot his name, DJ Tiny. Wait, what did he
0: do?
2: So he accepted um he, he accepted money to play someone's song in return on it on the radio, yeah, which was kind of illegal because the radio station pay him anyway. Um so yeah. yeah for me um i forgot my actual point but i'll I'll get back to to that The, the facade of like um the business side of music is that um everything is like a machine and everything's like marketing and promotion um so when you try to show all sides of you um or create all different types of song it confuses the machine as well it confuses you know, like when you try upload something to Spotify and they try to playlist something, it confuses them. And so, yeah, it's it's a bit difficult um, when you're dealing with things like that because I, I'm pretty sure, like when I saw the reaction from people, um, they were like, "Oh, the DJs should be banned and this and that." But it's actually something that happens quite regularly. Like, um, people want money, yeah. to, you know, to play their, their music on radio. People want money if you like. If they, if you want them to put your song on a playlist, some people ask like they charge for it as well. So it's nothing's organic anymore, and everything is just a facade. So it's it's neither here or there.
1: Hello, questioning everything. It's like <laughs> what you're saying about the whole entire like being paid and you know trying to get that recognition. Yeah. I remember an interview with Jay Z, and um an interviewer asked, "Would you rather be underpaid or overrated? What would you say?"
2: underpaid uh, overrated is a bit <laughs> overrated is very like <laughs> I don't know I don't know. underpaid is a difficult one as well because it's like it shows that maybe your music or well, you you're not appreciated but then overrated is like an insult so I'd rather be underpaid prefer mm-hmm. than be overrated does, does that mean that like you're you're really rich if you're overpaid does it
0: I, necessarily
2: mean that yeah that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking about like an artist as big. And earning big, but like no one really respects them. I don't know. It's a bit. It's a difficult one. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's difficult. I don't know which I choose.
2: Um. Well, like let's say, like in um, I always go back to sports, but like in boxing, there's the professional boxers and there's like the YouTube guys. They're doing boxing now. Like professionals are probably more underpaid than the YouTube guys doing it. But people see the YouTube guys as being overrated because they're just famous and they're not actually really good at boxing. So I'll, yeah, just that's so. how I see it in a way. I'd rather be the professional boxer that's like good at my stuff than yeah. the YouTube guy.
1: Which to be fair, for that like also probably comes into legacy. You know, you'd rather be known for being an amazing musician than, well, I mean, you can have both, but then being just like this pop star for like, you know, number one, whatever. You'd rather be also talented and all that, so...
2: I think both nice. of them are, are you can you can both of them are like win-wins basically, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing's wrong with ever been rich and, <laughs> and famous, so like <laughs> so yeah. think, it, reminds,
0: it reminds me of what like, the fifty cent quote, would you rather right. get rich or die crying?
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: okay dammy we're gonna switch up a bit we've got a few quick fire questions to throw at you and just give us the first thing that comes to your head all right
2: okay
0: first question is yeah. what was the last song you listened to
2: um disaster dave and chaos
1: nice okay. <laughs> what's your guilty pleasure song
2: um any of my tracks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, come on.
2: I listened to it on the slide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, which album do you wish you could have been in the studio for when they got created? Oh, my. Or you can name, if you've got like a few, you can name a few.
2: Um, I don't know the name of the album. Wretch 32's, um, I think it's 23 album. Nice. I think that one really I just want to be in a studio with Wretch and just see how it was all made yeah
1: what's the best concert you've been to
2: best um I've been to Retch's one but um I'd say Jacob Banks because um it just moved me musically like just watching him on the stage with his voice and the band like I was just True. yeah I was in awe of the performance. So I'll say Jacob Banks has been the best concert I've been to.
0: Oh God, I've I'm literally missed concerts so much. No, it's a memory at this point. If you could be on the lineup with any two artists in history, who would they be?
2: Uh, shit. Oh, sorry. It's a heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> um. I know you said say the first thing that comes to my head, but I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> uh, I would say. Burner Boy.
0: Yeah, nice.
2: And, Unwisked, and yeah. What did you see?
1: Who I feel like that would oh, to be live. If you could resurrect any artist from history, who would it be? I feel like that's quite a big question.
2: Um, I would say Tupac. Yeah, I'm,
0: that's what I'd say. Only because yeah. I, want, I
2: would love to see how like his music would sound in this time, like,
0: Really? Um, um,
2: yeah.
0: You think he would have stuck to his guns and the old school stuff, or would it have? you know, hip hop these days is just not what it was back then.
2: Yeah. Um. It's difficult. It's... I think he probably would have. You know, because when I think same. of like Doug and Fifty and stuff, they just still do the same the same thing anyway. So.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel I feel it would have been good, like Nas and and Yasinbe. They're still absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. So I feel you got a faith.
0: Pack would have stayed true to who he is.
2: I I don't know if we would dress the same though, but um, definitely.
0: I would love him. He'd be a fashion icon. Well, he already is.
2: He would be like ASAP Rocky, I think. Probably. Yeah,
0: that's a good comparison. Yeah. What was the next one? Would you rather lose the ability to sing or lose the ability to listen? As in you're not deaf, you just can't listen to music. Yeah, you can't listen to music, so that right is taken away from you. Or Um, you can't sing or rap, but you can listen to as much music as you want. Damn, that's hard.
2: Yeah, that's difficult. Um, I'd rather not be able to sing. Yeah, I don't feel I can really about not listening to music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a difficult one. Do you know what? Like when when I'm like I've got my headphones in and I'm listening to music and like if I'm listening to myself and someone asks me like Are you listening to your, like what are you listening to? I just tell them some I just tell them a lie because it always just sounds corny when I'm listening.
0: <laughs> Who would pick to lose the ability to listen over singing? Like do you reckon the majority would pick um, not be able to sing or rap? You've got
2: a beautiful voice, Bye.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like,
1: who's got a really stunning voice? Adele. But then they have to also believe that too, in terms of they have to know that they never want to hear anything again but themselves. you got to think, no, no, I don't need anything else. I
2: guess what perspective as well, like, are you going to, like, choose not to sing anymore and you're not going to get paid anymore?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is also true
2: but yeah like someone like Adele to me like I don't know I, like you said you don't know if they think that about themselves I wonder, yeah. I wonder what they feel about themselves as well yeah I wonder what like the, these famous singers um think about themselves because you know when you like wake up sometimes like and you can't be asked or you feel like quitting
1: I wonder if they mm. feel the
2: same even though they're like practically successful and they're like they've got everything mm. they need it's a bit it's a weird one
0: for so like someone like Adele, maybe having that much fame—I mean, I can imagine it just gets so overwhelming. Yeah. So I reckon her giving up probably—if she was ever to give up—it wouldn't be like a talent thing. She'd probably just nah. be like crumbling pressure.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like Rihanna, isn't it? We're still waiting for her to drop new music. Yeah, but Rihanna's been doing
0: business. She has been making moves, honestly. Yeah.
2: She's definitely retired. Yeah. So that. <laughs> but I think, well, I, mean,
0: I heard that this year she's actually gonna
2: drop an album that would be amazing like visually as well especially with everything that she's done already like i, I just love the idea of like just not doing stuff for a while and like mm. i feel like all my favorite artists do that and um yeah and i really enjoy it. like wretch for example won't like constantly release music every single month or every mm. single year or like kendrick lamar will go away for a bit i love i love that idea of just going and actually no, I, I hate listening to the same songs that sound the same all the time. And I love that yeah. like, each of their albums just as a different like time stamp to it. Like that was four years ago and it reminded me of four years ago. Do you know what I mean? So I love that part of music as well. Like going back and listening to some super dope albums. Well. I,
0: think, I think Kendrick plays it so well. Like yeah. he, ne- he doesn't overdo it, but what he does give us is like enough for us to live on for like yeah.
2: three years. Someone like Drake could drop every weekend, and I'm I'm pretty sure every every time would be a banger.
1: Apparently, is he is he retiring now? I swear, I keep seeing rumors that this year.
2: I love Drake, man. Drake makes Drake's. I think Drake feels like he's a basketballer as well. Like I remember when his album that I was planning to drop initially, and then he was like, oh, "I just came out from surgery. I'll be out for a while." <laughs> just like, he fully thinks he's a full on athlete as well. I love Drake. It's, it's just. Is yeah. different-
0: honestly he's, he's a man of many wonders <laughs> yeah. and also like his baby like, yeah. I, like, suddenly like reveals this child <laughs> on his instagram <laughs> and we were all like on what
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: yeah, yeah.
2: That, like Kanye could come back i think that's one artist that if i could revive them I would, yeah, it'd be Kanye, Kanye West. I feel like he's a, he's just, a lot of things are clouding, clouding the the creativity in terms of music. I think he just does, he's just focusing on a lot of like shoes and clothes and business,
0: yeah. I completely agree, I miss the old Kanye. But I think, I think, sadly, I just don't think he's gonna go back to what he was. Like I kind of lost hope a few years ago.
1: I, I sort of see that, but then with his, you know, Sunday service stuff, Obviously, it's not the same Kanye, but you can still hear that production on it. Because to me, yeah. like, you no, know, he obviously began as a producer, and like he is like one of the super producers of our generation. I feel he will still come back with something. Yeah. I don't know what it will be, but it will be something, and it'll just be like no one's going to see it coming.
2: On the service, I like, I don't know, because I, I feel like I listened to the, I listened to the album once, and I, I never really went back to it, so I can't really remember how, how good or bad it was, but um.
1: What, the latest
2: one? Yeah, the latest one. King,
1: one. yeah. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not like his usual stuff, but quite like, or evidently from the artist's name, but, you know, I feel like you can just somehow there's sometimes no denying his creativity. That yeah. is not my, that's not my thing, like you just, everything yeah. he does, it might be different, might be a bit weird, but you just, you can't deny like the sort of genius underlying it. I don't know. But I'm like, dummy. I listened to it
0: once and I was like, this is not my vibe. Like I just, I didn't even, I couldn't go back to it because I almost, I always felt like sad that I feel like life of Pablo was like the last Mm. proper Kanye record that we got. And then since then, even yay. I mean, to be honest with you, I think that was like, I'm half hearted about that. And then I think it's just gone. Yeah.
2: I think production wise, like you said, is always going to be, um, skyroof like it's always going to be really good yeah. but in terms of like just the songs themselves I don't know I feel like a lot of things in Kanye's life is just I don't know it's just no one knows like even this relationship with Jay yeah, and no, this yeah, and that, it's just all over the place but um oh, I no, think... that's
0: the saddest thing of all Jay
2: Jay and Kanye <laughs> <laughs> I find that weird I don't know why I don't know why
0: same like I, I just feel like We've never got an explanation, really.
2: Yeah. Like we have, a we have fair
0: rumours, but I'm not satisfied with what happened. <laughs> I want mm. to know. I want to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. We have loved getting to know you, getting to know about your music.
2: Thank you. Th- oh, this was exciting, actually. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good night as well. Yeah? Thank you so and much,
0: much.
2: buddy. Yeah. Bye-bye.
1: episode one. A massive thank you to Dami Sule for being our first ever guest on the podcast.
0: Yep, honestly, could not have asked for a better guest to kickstart this series. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling really
1: generous, leave us a nice review. And if you're missing us that much, episode two is coming soon. Until next time, guys, it's been your girls, Mace and Deloise.
0: bringing you the first of many exciting discussions with a whole bunch of up and coming artists. Peace.